Hey, it's Pete. A familiar voice, hopefully. Uh, anyway, I want to take a quick moment to highlight the amazing work of the team here at Your Money Line. A few years ago, we noticed this weird, nasty trend that people had financial questions, they had challenges, they had this missing piece to their financial puzzle, and they weren't getting the answers. So then they get stuck, they get paralyzed, and they wouldn't take action, and their financial life would meander and loiter in a bad place. So that's why we created this place. Uh, we have an employee benefit company, and it's called Your Money Line, and that's what it does. We help companies succeed by improving the financial lives of their most valuable asset. Not their break room, their employees. Everything we talk about is confidential. And you get access to a certified financial expert to get all your money questions answered, big or small. That's your money line. So bring your money line to your company. Check us out at yourmoneyline.com or any of the social networks you happened to deal with on a regular basis. Good day to you. You're listening to Pete the Planner. This week on the Pete the Planner Show, we answer your money questions. That's how the show works. You email us, askpete at petetheplanner.com. That's askpete at petetheplanner.com. I'll read your question on the air. I will then verbalize an answer. And along the way, I'll join forces with my compadre, Damien Dunn, Vice President of Advice at Your Money Line. Hello, mon frere. Man, that almost sounded like the intro to an epic movie. Did it? Yeah, it join forces with my compadre as we wander across the barren wasteland of the Southwest on donkeys. Brendan writes, good day, unrelated duns. Good day. Well, all right. Longtime listener. I appreciate this. I have questions. If you wanted to dedicate a full show to them, I wouldn't be upset. They're not explicitly related, so I'll list them separately. But first, background information. My better half and I both turned 30 later this year. Ew, I know, but we had a good run. <laughs> and we think we're on the right track. Since the joining of our lives, souls, blah, blah, blah. We, I like this fella. We've made what feels like good progress at getting rid of debt. $50,000 of my wife's student loans and $170,000 of our mortgage are what's left. Okay, okay. I okay. thought that's what they paid yeah. off. Yeah. Uh, and they're contributing to retirement via a Roth 409k. Twelve percent of gross income, including employer match. And if I mathed good, can we hire this guy? Uh, yeah, our power percentage is currently thirty-five point two three percent. We live on the south side of central Indiana, uh, so our expenses are typical for that area. Now, here come the questions. Oh my gosh, there are three questions. Dame, we could dedicate a whole show to this if it takes the time. Do you want to operate on that premise? I am promising nothing. I'll say this, the writing of this email, the, the communication style is good enough to warrant that sort of attention. So what I'm, what I'm worried about is the writing of this email is going to greatly overshadow the quality of response. That's, that's guaranteed. Uh, say you need some extra cash to pay for college with, and it just so happens, uh, I got 529 allocations. This is what it says. We have three children, a five-year-old girl, a three-year-old boy, and a five-month-old girl. We've opened a 529 account for each of them. We've been putting our extra money each month towards my wife's student loans, but we know that we need to contribute regularly to our kids' college savings in order to reap the magical benefits of compound interest. Dame, I'm going to let you go. I think this is the guy here. What do you think? <laughs> you, think you think he's the guy? 
I don't know. We have about, maybe why don't we let me go and then you and this guy can host the show. Uh, no, maybe I'll just he can replace me. That's okay. okay. We have about $1,500 each month extra on top of minimum payments that we're putting towards student loans and putting nothing regularly towards the 529. Should we instead put that toward the 529 plans and just pay minimums on student loans? If so, what percent of that 1500 should we put in extra uh, each month? Each account's investment is based on expected year of enrollment. All right, Dame, you know, this is another form of a young 22, 23-year-old worker trying to decide whether to start their 401k or pay off their student loans aggressively. I, I feel like this is another form of that. So this is interesting. So we'll tackle it from that angle so it's more inclusive of our audience. What do you, by audience, I mean my mom. What do you think? <laughs> um, I I think you got to um... – have a foot in both ponds. I know that's the the milk toast answer or the the lukewarm answer, but focus on both of them because if you can reap the magic, I believe was was the phrase that he turned of compound interest. Well, yeah, you don't want to pass that up for sure, but you don't want to ignore totally the uh, the interest on the other side of the table with, with the debt as well. So, uh, depending maybe maybe how the the loans are. Um, structured? Are, are they federal loans? Are they private loans? Maybe that comes into play a little bit. But man, I really like the idea of starting the 529s. And I, I guess the second bit of uh, advice I would give there is have a plan for how much you want to accumulate in the 529s. I mean, do you want to pay for 100% of the education? Because that might influence uh, your approach at this point. Do you want to pay for 50%? Do you just want to say, we're going to make sure there's Ten or twelve thousand dollars a year for each of them when they go to school, whether it's private or public. Um, so, so start having that conversation and have a target established for those five twenty nines, and not just chucking cash at them. I hundred percent agree with that. I think too often people just throw drop money in a bucket, and, and there's not enough direction which informs those decisions. Um, I also think they should look at what else is coming in the next five or six years of their life, which could increase their income, decrease their income, uh, decrease their cash flow in the sense that, oh, now our, all the kids are playing travel, high lie, you know, and that's expensive. And so maybe we're not going to have the cash flow of 1500 a month now, which I think is the whole point. How long will they have $18,000 a year to throw at something? And if it is higher or lower after that period of $18,000 ends, then how does that inform this decision? I also think, Dame, this is the essence of the difference between simple interest and compound interest. Um, if you are paying on a loan, you're paying simple interest. Uh, if you are investing your money for the future, you are taking advantage of compound interest. And that is why I believe people should generally focus on building assets if those assets are earning more than the rate that they're paying on their interest. Uh, would you agree with that assessment? Yeah, and I it was as you were talking about that, I was thinking about you know he has a very nice power percentage, assuming it's it's uh, calculated correctly, and I have no reason to doubt that it's not. Um, and once those student loans get taken care of, then you start making really good decisions on what you're going to do with that portion of money going for you are spending on student loans going forward. So. Uh, you know, take advantage of compound interest now by getting that 529 started. And then it's that glorious day that student loans are taken care of. Hopefully it's before your kids go to school. Uh, 
man, now you've got another pool of money that you can do something with, whether that's uh, adding to the 529s, maybe helping cash flow college a little bit for, for your kids as well. Uh, but you'll have another big decision to make as soon as those student loans are taken care of. And frankly, I have no doubts that a good decision will be made. If I had read this email prior to going to air, I would probably have run some calculations. And so now what I'm about to say is as uninformed of an opinion you're ever going to find on this show. What about just halves these, bro? What about just 250, 250, 250, and then 750 towards the loans? I mean, is that because then you're taking advantage of compound interest, yet you're still throwing enough to the tune of what, $9,000 or so a year. Mm -hmm. Uh, What do you think about that? My personality, that that approach would suit very well because I wouldn't want to neglect one of those um, those goals for the other. And, you know, short of, you know, having a, a nice pendulum swing back and forth, you know, really focusing on one one year and then focusing on the other the next. Um, that's that's kind of that kind of feels like the shotgun method of, of yeah. paying off debt to me. And I, I don't think that I don't think there's a winner there. So it, to me. Um, you know, half these might be a great approach absent of calculations to prove us right or wrong, but you're not going to regret trying to accomplish both of these goals. And I don't know if you would be better off, um, significantly by focusing on one over the other first. I think the other side of this too, like everything we always discuss on the show, there is a technical math answer to this. Which, of course, you know, is affected by the unknown. But then there's the practical answer to this. And I think what we're trying to do is to give the practical answer where the technical answer is a simple calculation that I've refused to do. Did he say how much he's got left in student loans? Yeah, his wife has got... Wouldn't it also be cool if I, like, sent you the emails? Yeah, I mean, that would be phenomenal. $50,000 in his wife's student loans. Okay. Fifty thousand dollars. By the way, these guys are in great position. Did a buzzer just go off on my computer? I didn't hear it. If it did, it just reminded me that my daughter's gymnastics meet is uh, this weekend. That's why I just mm. got the reminder to interrupt the show. That while this show is is being broadcast in Indianapolis, my daughter will be at a gymnastics meet. Dame, coming up after the break, it's the Brendan show. I'm Pete the Planner. This is the show. And hit Pete up on Twitter at Pete the Planner. Back on the Pete the Planner show, we had one emailer, uh, Brendan, send us an email, insist that we dedicate the entire show to his financial life. And because of the quality of his writing, his jokes, his clear fandom of the show, we've decided to acquiesce. And we are dedicating this entire segment, this entire show, to Brendan. Make it you know, keep- can you imagine if Brendan would have sent in a biggest waste of money along with the email? He may have. He would have been producer. Um, I do have to say this, though. Um, the name Brendan really throws me off because I just always want to say Brandon. Mm. So if I have any criticism of this person, it's clearly what their parents <laughs> chose to name them. All right. Next. Boring question. I couldn't find a pop culture reference to integrate. Uh VGLI or term life insurance. Oh, Dame, this is going to be a doozy. Mm. I know I need life insurance, at least until my kids are grown. And I currently pay for $400,000 of coverage through VGLI. But 
the rates as I get older aren't cheap and $400,000 uh, arguably isn't enough anyway. Would I be better off getting a term policy or a different whole life policy instead? I am overall very healthy, but I do have a medical condition that I'm concerned may cause rates to be higher. Do you think, Dame, I, I mean, I love to speculate about people's medical condition. <laughs> Do you think this medical condition is his name? Brendan? It could, it could be. Yeah, I hadn't considered that. All right. So, Dame, this is this is a, is a question as old as time, right? I, I It's old. I don't know if it's quite that old. <clears throat> You've never been an improv comedian because the proper response there would be yes and not no kill the joke sorry you know it's okay i don't want to give you a performance review on the air dame what say you on this i would certainly look into a a term life policy that he owns by himself or a traditional term life policy i should say um there are insurance agents that can shop it with a number of different different companies depending on what that condition may be it may be uh uh, less of a, a, a factor at some companies than others. And those uh, agents would, would know which companies to shop it with. And here's the great thing. If you use an agent, you don't pay any more for the policy. You get all of their experience for the exact same price you would pay if you buy it online. So you are out absolutely zero by dealing with an agent. So, um, personally, yeah, I'd go check it out just to see t- what's out there and to get a feel for, uh, how much of a restriction, if any, that that uh, condition really is? Do you feel any different? Slightly, but just little nuance here and there. I, I think when I hear of a person with three kids that has done three young children who's done this much to prepare for their finances, and they understand the importance of just having enough life insurance to get the kids out of the house, all I generally care about is face amount. Right, yeah. There, there's no. Did this guy did not say his income? Did he? <clears throat> no. But you wouldn't know. I didn't send you the email. Brendan did not give us his email or his income. But I'm going to make some guesses here. If they have eighteen thousand dollars a year of free cash flow, I, I'm guessing his income to be close to a hundred. Yep. Okay. I think that's. I think that's fair. So that is to say, I think a person with three kids who makes a hundred thousand dollars a year should probably have closer to a million dollars of life insurance. Generally, I don't really care whether it's term insurance or a form of permanent insurance, which can include VGLI, which is uh, variable group life insurance for those wondering. Um, I don't know if I particularly care. But there is one factor in this, is that his medical condition if it is a chronic one, or if it is one that will you know, preclude him from getting the proper amount of life insurance if he were to apply down the road when he needed a different amount, let's say his five-year-old daughter graduates from college and now his insurance needs have completely changed because he doesn't need a million dollars of coverage anymore and he wants the proper amount to, and he wants it to be permanent, that could be a problem. That could be a problem. But unless we know what that amount, that cover, or that, uh, pardon me, medical situation is, it's hard to say for sure. But I will say right now, he is not criminally underinsured, but very underinsured. 
So can I throw a wrinkle in here or a possible wrinkle in here? Possible wrinkle. Now you're talking. VGLI uh, is also an acronym that stands for uh, Veterans Group Life Insurance. So he could be potentially a veteran as well. We're now thanking him for his service. Let's take a moment. Yeah. Well, potential service. Wait. So potentially I've just mocked a veteran's name on a radio show. Yeah. Probably not your best decision. But maybe he's not. But I don't know. Oh, man. Now I got to look the guy up on LinkedIn. All right. Can we? <laughs> this is what we're doing right now. Here, say some things that are smart uh, so I can do this. So, it's harder um, than you think, isn't it? Yeah, it is. You know, putting me on the spot to really say something smart is, well, that's a risky proposition. Ooh. But you know, like Pete, uh, ooh, what? Ooh. Ooh. Oh, I got ooh. Ooh. Did you find him already? Wow, thank goodness my smartness was running out. Brendan, thank you for your service. (laughs) I love your name. I think it's strong. It's brave. He was in the Air Force. Mm. Oh, my Lord. Mm. What have I done? (laughs) Lord, forgive me for the sins that I have uh, perpetrated. Or at least Brendan. Oh, Oh, my God. What have I done? <laughs> anyway, well, well, so would, yeah. well, okay, it is still a form of whole life insurance. At first, I thought it was variable group life insurance, but it is yeah. veteran. Maybe it's yeah. veterinarian. Let's see. It. Let me it look at his be. resume again. Let me see if. Nope. Nope. Not, not in animal science. <sighs> Missed. Does this change our answer? Right. I... Not on the face, I don't think. I mean, I think the rates may be a little bit more affordable through uh, this VGLI than the one that you're alluding to. And I don't know if there's a cap on the amount of um, uh, face value that you can get on a policy through VGLI. So maybe the answer is to go back and see what's available through them. And if you can increase it there and the the costs are okay, knowing that they, they might change as you get older in this, this type of setup, um, you know, weigh the differences. And then, uh, gosh, if you want to go back to what I said, go out and shop what a term, you know, a fixed term of, you know, 20 years or 30 years is depending on what you're comfortable with, um, compare the two and see what you expect, anticipate your cost to be uh, going forward. Would your answer change if you were in the space force? I'd have ultimate respect if he was in the space force. I have mixed feelings about the space force. Are you anti-space force? I'm not force? anti-space force. I'm like, they revealed their uniforms the other day and their camouflage, which doesn't make a lot of sense. They should just be black if they want to be camouflage. You can have little white dots on them. They don't. They don't have a starry night sort of feel to them. So that's, that, yeah. that, is, a, that is a minus. Make it look like a cloud floating through the, the sky. The concept of having a space force, on some level, while it is... It is weird because it's both ridiculous and in really forward thinking because eventually it's going to move there anyway. So why not just be first? Yeah, we're we're America. We're first. But the camo choices. Look, as a guy who wears a lot of fashion camo, I can tell Mm. you they should have gone black with like um, space junk. You know, like... (laughs) 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 <laughs> oh boy this got weird all right dame coming up after the break we're going to uh 
insult Brennan Serve one more those time. those who have served our country. Brennan, we're going to answer your final question before we move on to biggest waste of money of the week and the news. If you just tuned in, very sorry. I'm Pete the Planner, and this is the show. Listen up! Now it's time to ask Pete the Planner. Back on the Pete the Planner show. This uh, this episode of the show is dedicated to Brendan, who was in the Air Force, who made sure that aerospace equipment was safe to fly for those that took to the skies. Now, here's the idea. If you're just joining us, a guy emailed in, had a bunch of questions. We decided to answer him. Along the way, I made fun of his name. Then I found out that he served in the Air Force. Then I apologized. Now I'm groveling. And here's the third question that he has. Dame, did I summarize that correct? Yeah, I think that's accurate. Dame, I wish you could see this email because now he has switched to emojis. <laughs> and here's here's the title of the next section. Are you ready? <laughs> this yeah. This is great. Um, red siren emoji. Red siren emoji. Red siren emoji. Spousal conflict, red siren emoji, <laughs> red siren emoji, red siren emoji. I want to hang out with this guy. Uh, yes. Uh, I'll, I'll, you know what, though? If I go and hang out with him, though, I'm not going to wear my fashion camo because I'd feel like it'd be stolen valor. I, yeah, I, he has multiple reasons to be angry with you. When I'm at an airport and I'm at the gate ready to get on the plane and they ask for, you know, active military to get on the plane. I always look for opportunity to scream stolen valor at someone who gets on the plane that's clearly not military. Because you are the because you are the expert at determining such things. <laughs> I, I've got a real nose for that. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Save to pay for kids' future weddings? Question mark. They're like tiny right now. We've already uh, and two, we're already paying for their food and housing and education and extracurriculars. Now their weddings too. I don't know. She thinks it's a nice gesture. I think we have more financially important things to do to save for than uh, tens of thousands of dollars party times two or three. What say you, Duns? Thanks for your always entertaining advice. Best regards, Brendan. I noticed he didn't put very respectfully. That's true. He didn't. <laughs> That's true. The queen of the desert's not going to be happy. No. All right. Well, man, talk about a topic that's uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We, what's your take on that? I mean, we've, we've both got girls. What, what are you, uh, what's your outlook on this? By the way, your daughter have a nice birthday party last night? Uh, she did. She uh, got her dinner that she was asking for, which was a nice steak, uh, Ooh, which is exactly what I'm right. Uh, which is uh, medium rare. Thank you. Uh, and she, uh, she enjoyed it. She got a, a plethora of gifts and uh, is looking forward to post-swim season so she can get her ears pierced. So, Well, happy birthday, that person's name, who I don't choose to say on the radio. Thanks. Uh, um, all right. Man, you know what? I, I've thought about this. Mrs. Planner and I have not discussed it. It's practical, but I think it goes into the world of what priorities, which of course people have pointed out in recent times to use the plural of priorities is to throw uh, logic in the face of what it is to have a priority, which is the number one thing. But I, I just feel like it's down the list and you've got other fish to fry. Yeah. I, I mean, 
it's one of those nice to do's, but not something that is competing with the dollars at the top of my list by any stretch of the imagination. I don't have an account set aside or even in my budget that says wedding because I don't want to think about my little girl getting married right now. Uh, so no, I, I don't know. I, I know I'm going to have to probably fork out some cash at some point for that, that event, but, um, I don't know. I, I, I guess maybe the, the, the best thing I would say to do is just have a, um, a bucket of cash that you've got set aside for unidentified purpose. I know, agree. It, it's outside of your emergency fund. Maybe it goes for, uh, a planned vacation or, uh, or whatever and let it accumulate and use it if you need it or, or want to on, on something else, but don't put the, um, the weight of already identifying that money for something else, because if you do, but then you need it for something really important later on, think of the guilt that you're going to put yourself through if you have to raid that account for a really good reason otherwise. That's a really good answer. You should write Thanks. a blog post about that, not to assign you any more work that you <laughs> that you don't have time for. But <laughs> Oh, sure. And I also don't want to just side with Brendan, even though I if that is his stance, I happen to agree. But I mean, who am I to just disagree with a veteran? You know, it's true. So uh, maybe, maybe I'll argue. Maybe I'll take your tact and I'll argue the other side now. Oh, that's my new thing. Can you talk yeah. about how annoying that is at our executive meetings? It's incredibly annoying because Pete will uh, somebody will ask Pete a question and he'll say, "Well, look, here's why we shouldn't do it," and everybody will start nodding their heads and say, "Yeah, I think that makes total sense." And as soon as he gets buy-in on that, he'll totally argue against himself, and we all just sit there and look like he's look at him like he's already gotten into the refrigerator and the goodies that are in there. <laughs> funny today uh it's true that's my new technique i i i make very fast and generally good decisions but i've decided to slow down and in order to validate my decision i've decided to argue the what i disagree with to make sure that i really feel the way i initially feel so i guess dame what you can now learn from that is anytime we're having a discussion like that whatever i say first is not what I think. Are you doing this at home with Mrs. Planner too? That's a good question. Um, I don't think so. I, I think it really is work-related, but I will say this. It stems from a, a really interesting place. I don't know if you noticed, but we have a pretty polarizing political environment right now. Huh. Had you noticed? I. You know what? I. I hadn't. I have thoughts on um, what I feel about different topics, whether it's impeachment or, you know, social socialism or whatever. I have these thoughts, right? Um, and, and I feel pretty good about my thoughts. But now what I've chosen to do is to try to look at it from the complete opposite perspective to either see how someone could see it a way different than I see it or to further validate and, and allow me to feel better about my stance. So this all the work garbage I'm doing, which actually I think is healthy for us, it all stems from how polarized I think we are politically. But I don't know if any of that makes sense. I think that's a, a good method uh, of, you know, like just like you said, uh, developing your own thoughts uh, what, or confirming your own thoughts, but understanding the other side as well. And I, I think everybody's taught that as early as high school. So congratulations to us for finally implementing it 
25 years after the I fact. pay attention in high school. All right, so Dame, not save for a wedding specifically seems like the answer. You know, if we evaluate people's short, mid, and long-term stability, uh, Brendan and uh, Mrs. Brendan are clearly have short-term stability. It appears they are going to have long-term stability. And their attempts to fund the college education for their kid is, kids, is the nice gesture that they're seeking. Yeah. And beyond that, it should just be a pool of non-qualified money which can be used as they deem appropriate as time passes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, if worst comes to worst, you just tell your daughters that either they get to go to college or they get to get married. One or the other. They pick. You know, I have so many thoughts on the cost of weddings. And they're just – here's the other side of this though too, man. Uh, here's what I've chosen to do as I argue against myself more and more these days. My perspective is that of a middle-aged uh, white guy. Like that is my that is my perspective. Sure. So as I try to Make sense. look at these different things that I uh, on the surface disagree with, I either seek the opinion of people who are very different than I am or I just try to see it from their perspective. I'm not trying to gain credit for being a human here. I'm just saying I look at the wedding situation as it's like, it's not that important to me. I just want to be married. I don't care about the wedding itself. But that's other people don't share that. It's, it just goes part of being wise in who you choose to marry. God, I'm so glad Mrs. Planner was not like into that whole thing. She was the opposite oh, of yeah. a bridezilla. Do you know how much you spent on your wedding? You know what? It's weird. Culturally, at the time, it was the year 2000. The year 2000. 2000. Uh, her dad was real. Her parents were very private about that amount, which we respected. Again, we were 22, so who were we to argue against it? But Mrs. Planner is also very sensible, so it didn't particularly matter, right? It's not like she was like, I want this. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's not her voice. All right, let's go to break. Coming up after the break. Biggest waste of money of the week, which Brendan did, did not submit. Hey, way to go, slacker. Thank you for your service. This is the Pete the Planner Show. This week's biggest waste of money of the week, the bomb right here on the Pete the Planner Show is the Nebia Moen shower some of the best ideas come to you in the shower let's stop there dame is that true for you i mean i want to think i don't really want to visualize you wet nude do you think in the shower uh well um sometimes i there are times that i've I had really great ideas in the shower and then there are times when i just try and figure out how to stay in there for the rest of the day you know what I tend to do in the shower, I do math on the shower door, like the fog and the compens <laughs> the condensation on the door or whatever, the drop water droplets. And so then Mrs. Planner will go in later and she'll be like, what was that equation in the shower? And I'm like, mind your own business. <laughs> Very personal equation. It's always long division. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Um, anyway, that's proven true for Nebia as they've come up with some of the best ideas when it comes to showering. God, I hate copy. Their latest innovation, Nebia by Moen, builds upon the company's award-winning product design and proprietary H2 microtechnology to deliver a blissful yet invigorating spa-like shower experience while using 45% less water than conventional shower heads. Uh, quick timeout here. 
I mean, look, I want our planet to persist. I am not interested in 45% less water in the shower. I'm just thinking about shower head technology. I mean, how complicated could a shower head be? Well, how complicated does a shower head need to be? Well, Dame, the design is second to none and comes in three sleek finishes. Matte black. Why do we need a matte black shower head? I don't want to act like I'm on special forces about to snipe someone I'm in the shower when I'm doing math. Yeah, you, it's not like you're wearing fashion camo in the shower. Spot resistant nickel. Chrome on white, vertically adjustable for people of all heights. Mm. Don't make a short joke, Dave. Mm. Easy self-install and compatible with U.S. and international plumbing setups. Special pre-order pricing starts at $160. It's regularly $199, and it's only available on Kickstarter. Early backers get it as soon as March. Now, Dame, I'm looking at this here. It's one of those showers that can... It looks like it, it sprays diagonally at you off the, the front wall. What I really hate on high-end showers, if you go to like a nice hotel, is the ones that sprinkle from above. Mm-hmm. I know there's supposed to be like a nice rain shower, but I don't know. They they kind of freak me out. It's like, who's up there? You know, it's like, I don't, yeah. they confuse me. When was the last time anybody stood outside in a rain shower and said, this is nice? Well, you'd get better thinking done if you did. And we're, look, let's say you're outside in a rain shower and you're soaping yourself up nude. Where are you going to do math? That's true. You didn't think of that. Dame, there is a new credit score uh, formula that is going to go into effect in the next several months via the Fair Isaac company. Uh, And people are starting to get upset about it already. I wrote about it in this week's USA Today. Here's the concept. Did you read or listen to anything about this this week? Because it's interesting. Um, I read a little bit about it, but I bet you're going to shed new light on it for me. That seemed really condescending. I'm going to be honest. Mm -hmm. Here's what we got. Uh, A couple things are going on. Number one, the the whole point over the last, I think the last, oh man, now I'm making up stuff. I think the last change of how credit was figured, I think was 2014. And the point was to grow the pool of potential borrowers for lenders. Mm-hmm. Right. The, the Fair Isaac works with FICO, works with lenders to help them get what they want out of this risk pool. And so what has happened is lending uh, restrictions have loosened, credit restrictions and requirements have loosened. And so now there are a lot of borrowers in the pool, so to speak. But one of the trends culturally in borrowing are the prevalence and popularity of personal loans through places like SoFi and places like that. So what happens is people have been taking high interest credit card debt, transferring them to a lower interest personal loan and amortizing them over a set period of time, and then running back up the credit card debt, thus doubling down on the amount of debt they have. So this is sort of this special niche of borrowers that has created havoc in risk underwriting. So with the new score, they hope to sniff that out better so that someone cannot maintain a high score when their debt levels spin out of control. But with the current scoring system, they can. With the new scoring system, they can't. Additionally, man, you know what? I'll be honest. I am dropping knowledge right now. I've never sounded this informed. Well, keep it. Don't stop. Well, I broke Just my concentration going. now. It's going off the rails. Here, Okay, let's see if I can get it back. Additionally, um, 
there's going to be a growing gap between high scores and low scores because with the new formula, if a person has a score of 600 or less, if they slip up, have a late payment, miss a payment, any black mark, the black mark will be a bigger black mark. You're going to get counted off more if you've got bad credit for a a mistake or a black mark. Whereas if you have a score of 680 or higher and you do something smart, your score will go up faster than previous. So that is to say there will be a giant gap between people who have good credit and people who have bad credit and it will be harder to bridge the gap. It will be harder for someone with a bad score to game the system and improve their score and use all these systems and improve their score to jump the gap. And my column goes into the idea that this will be problematic culturally because people uh, have two points of view. Number one, they love their credit score and they think it matters, which my argument is it generally doesn't. Uh, and it doesn't actually measure true financial stability. And number two, people hate being told no. So now you're going to have this uh, population who will be told no more than ever before. By the way, the answer probably should be no, but they will hate it and they won't have a way to bridge the gap to yes. You know what? I think I held on to it for that second part. I think you uh, recovered. Honestly, have you ever heard me talk about something and seemed like I had more understanding than just that moment? No, I'm glad it was recorded for posterity. I, I, I mean, that was, I feel like I, I just had like a spell. This is like best show of the year. It is easily the best show of the year. Sure. Totally. So uh, can I add one little thing to uh, supplement what you were saying? Yeah, because Mozart wants someone adding symbols to his, uh, his works. Go ahead. Most people uh, that have credit scores, this will not affect one way or the other, at least majorly in uh, majorly. Uh, it's going to be a difference of 20 points one way or the other if if the company that they are using chooses to use this new scoring method. Now, as you said, if you fall on one side or the other of uh, a certain level of credit, yeah, you could have drastic swings in your credit score, both either good or bad. But for, I think the article I saw said 110 million people, they're talking like 20 points one way or the other. I, I don't want to say your perspective seemed less informed, but uh, thanks, for, thanks for that contribution. I, I think uh, to my, my point is really more anecdotal than it is the facts. I think people hate hearing no financially, and they will ruin their financial life to get a yes. Um, now, this is where you get into... The whole, I could spend four hours in an all-you-can-eat buffet and they'll let me generally, but I shouldn't. But so often people flex their muscle just to show what they are allowed to do in some sort of weird attempt to feel free. I, I, I don't, I get it, but it, it it's bothersome. Yeah, <clears throat> you're exactly right. And people yeah, don't want to hear no and they will tank themselves to, to get there. So credit scores. Yay. I do think uh, if there's any good news is it'll take the companies that, uh, portray their ability to improve people's credit by fixing it. They're going to have to reinvent themselves. And so there'll be a small period of time in which they're 
silly gamification won't be validated. Nice. Whatever. All right, Dame. Thanks, buddy. Good show. Good show. Best of the year. Thanks, Brendan, for being the show. Sending good vibes. Good vibes are all that's in the budget. I'm Pete the Planner. This is the show. Mm-hmm.